Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the The How How to to Love Me podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode, guys. Welcome to another episode of How to Love Me, the podcast where we talk about mental health and relationships. Specifically our relationship. And we're home for this one. Yeah, guys, this is the first time in like three weeks that we're actually recording from home. Yeah, we've been very mobile lately, and it's really nice to be kind of set back up in the home base. Yeah, little bit, little bit. Didn't realize how much I was missing it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Going out and doing those like guests like guest episodes and then our camping episode like that was fun it was fun don't get me wrong but i do really enjoy our little home setup yeah Yeah. this i mean this is where it all started guys it all started at home us just kind of shooting the shit between us and it turning out that people want to listen to us talk which is weird right yeah like who would have thought so today today is the day today is the day for anxiety oh geez yes so What we want to do, guys, is we want to kind of start breaking down the vanilla ice creams here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that we deal with, and we've been doing a lot more research and figuring out things about anxiety, Mm -hmm. and it's actually changed our view on a lot of things that we've been doing. Yeah, a little bit. It turns out there's a lot of things that we do in everyday life, normal everyday life, that is probably the worst thing that we could do. Yeah. 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 So we're doing, we're basically spending a lot of time learning a lot of things that we've been doing that have been negatively impacting our mental health. Yeah. So I guess what we want to do today is kind of unpack some of that for you. Right? Yeah. I mean, let's just dive into it. I have a sneaking suspicion that this episode we're going to have some segues. So that's cool. Well, I mean, when do we not have segues? Exactly. Let's be real here. So what the whole reason this whole episode started is because I believe it was you. You found the the original. I think so. The original, like, I guess, what was it? Like a news article? It was a news article. It was it was some something sort of social. post or something that I saw on social media that yeah. basically said that people that have anxiety tend to rewatch the same shows. And oh my God, do we do that? Seriously. Like, honestly, guys, I cannot count on one hand the amount of times that we have rewatched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Office. Yeah. Keep in mind, we've only been together for like a year and a half. And we have rewatched these shows multiple times already together yeah. in that year and a half. Well, there's more than that, too. There's also, like, Final Space and what's the one where they're kids? Oh, my God. Big where Mouth. Oh, Big Mouth. We've watched the crap out of Big Mouth. We have, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And we watched the shit out of it. Yeah. And then Kelly says, yeah, apparently people have anxiety like to rewatch TV shows, which is exactly all we've been doing. Seriously. I mean, really, for, like, the first... I don't even know how since long. Court, well, since we got together. Yeah, since we got together, we have just rewatched a lot of the same shows. Like, we don't tend to start new shows yeah. very often. Now, one thing I will say is we usually are doing things with the TV on. So we're either, like, you know, in the kitchen cooking or doing yeah. some cleaning. It's kind of sometimes it's, it's just a lot of the time. It, yeah, exactly. A lot of the time it's white noise or just like background noise. Yeah. For us. So, but there'll be a lot of times where we will sit down and we'll watch TV for like two, three hours and we will watch a show that we've watched a million times and we Mm -hmm. still find it hilarious. Exactly. But I mean, so part of the reason why we found that people with anxiety like to rewatch shows is because they already know the ending. There's no like surprise factor. They don't have to worry about what exactly is going to happen because nothing's unknown. Yeah. Right? They don't have that unknown factor left. Yeah, like we're we are watching some new shows that we haven't watched before, but mm-hmm. one thing that we 
I do for sure is when I'm having a bad day, I don't want to watch something new that I'm not going to pay attention to or I'm going to stress out about. Like, I want to watch something that I've seen a million times. I can process some other thoughts on the side. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like I like to rewatch for the ability to multitask. Yeah. See, you see, and that's how you deal with it. Yeah. I like to rewatch because it gives me a sense of calm. Oh. It gives me a sense of calm because I already know exactly everything that's about to happen. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that's one thing that we do. And when when Kelly brought that up to me, I was like, holy shit, that's a game changer. Seriously, it really opened up our eyes to a lot of different things that we actually do. So we learned this, what, probably three weeks ago? Two, three weeks ago? Ooh, I feel like it's actually been longer than that. Yeah, but anyway, since then, we have been working on that. Yeah. We've been watching new shows, and we've actually found an improvement in our mental health. Yeah, because one thing that we noticed is when we are rewatching these shows, it also kind of makes us fall into a little bit more of a depression Mm -hmm. at the same time because we're not experiencing anything new. Yeah. So it also, not only does it, you know, kind of alleviate our anxiety because, you know, we we have these things, like we don't have to process anything that's going on, but it also, because we're not processing anything that's actually going on, it makes my mind race a lot more. Yeah. I've noticed because obviously like you, you use it to unpack things that are happening in your brain, right? Mm. Whereas I like to use it to just kind of like turn off my brain a little bit. But at the same time, it also kind of makes me have those racing thoughts, which then can make me fall into depression. See, I think we do the same thing. So here's my thing. Yes, I use it as a distraction, but at the same time, I use it as a distraction so I can focus on one thing versus two. So right. My brain does not work very well on an individual task. No, no, it does not. Yeah, it tends to do multiple tasks at once. And that's where I have that issue of kind of calming things down and making it really simple. So I always found that having a like a something happening, like even when I'm doing work, I will have music playing, mm-hmm. a video playing, something in the background yeah. that... If I'm going to get distracted, I'm going to get distracted by something that I've set into place mm-hmm. versus me like, oh, those paper clips are out of order. I should probably clean that up. Or man, my desk is a mess. I should clean off my desk. You know, things like that. So right. I basically set myself up with a distraction in place because I already know I'm going to get distracted. <laughs> it's true. And you do get very easily distracted. Yeah. So the way I look at it is like I look at my mind as having multiple inputs, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the interface we use for our podcast, yeah, right? Okay. It's got multiple inputs. But I have a max input. Like, obviously, I can't do more than, like, three or four inputs. Yeah. And it'll just, otherwise, it's just a mess. But I know that, like, two or three inputs are just about right. So as long as I purposely plug in three things to input, Mm -hmm. I can focus better. Because I know what each of my distractions can be. Right. Okay. Right? So, like, when I'm sitting there doing, like, work. I will have like music in the background or a video playing or something along those lines. Yeah. So that way I know that's one of my distractions. I know that if I get distracted, it's going to be distracted by something that I already set in place. Mm -hmm. And then the other distraction would be, you know, like people coming in and talking to me, emails, phone calls, stuff like that. Yeah. So those are my three things that I need to focus on Mm -hmm. because I can't miss phone calls or emails and stuff. Right. I can't miss, uh, I can't, I got to focus on the work that I'm doing. Plus, I've got the things that I've set up to be my distractions if they so happen. Yeah. Which they do. Oh, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> and I mean, truthfully, so like 
any time that I, I guess, was working, because I mean, I haven't been working in a few months. But... I haven't been working at a computer either, so it's, yeah. it's been a little different for me too. Yeah. But... but I mean, truthfully, when I'm working, I do the exact same sort of thing. I always have music playing in the mm-hmm. background. And I feel like it's not because... It's not because I need something to distract me or anything. It's because I don't like silence. I do not like working in silence. And like the office that both of us were working in together was a very, very quiet office. So that's partially why I started listening to music because I like having that background noise. Yeah. So, yeah, you say background noise, but I honestly think it's because we're doing it for the same reason. Probably. So you put it for the background noise because if you're sitting there in silence and you hear a noise in the distance, you're going to be like, what was that noise? Yep, that's true. And it's going to distract you. And then it's going to distract me and then I'm going to want to go try to figure out what that noise was. Right. You're right. You're so right. So by you yeah. putting that music there, you're literally creating a sacrificial anoid. <laughs> you know, you have that one thing in place that no matter what, if you're going to get distracted, you've set that in place. Yeah. Okay. That's right? a good way of putting it. That, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's a very, and that's what really made me think about anxiety and the kind of things that we do when it comes to anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because truth be told, that is why I do that. And, you know, it isn't, no, it is not the best way to do work because I went through that experimentation phase of, okay, so if I have no distractions at work, Mm-hmm. Am I actually better focused? And it turns out I'm not. And you know what? Honestly, I mean, like, obviously I've worked with you before. So mm-hmm. I I kind of figured that out already that you work better with a little bit of distractions because, yeah. like, I feel like if everything was silent and you were just trying to focus on one task, your brain would be too loud. Now, I can get it done. It does help me. I will say if I have something that I need to get done in a short period of time, I turn off all distractions and mm-hmm. hone right in on it, yes. providing that my brain can handle that of at course. that time. Yeah. So that, but that is why I do all those things. So like mm-hmm. even when I'm in the kitchen, I will put on the TV on a show that we've watched a million times, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Office. <laughs> yeah. And I have that going in the background. Why? So if I get distracted, I get distracted by something that I've seen a million times. It's not going to distract me for long. I'll probably look at it, have a chuckle, and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Right? Yeah, it does make sense. I get that. I get that. And I mean, truthfully, when, when I was working and if I did have, you know, like a task that I really needed to fully concentrate on, I did the exact same thing. I wouldn't have music on. I would just have all of my attention on that one task. Yep. So, yeah, I guess it does kind of make sense that that's how you put that into words. So looking at that one, that's just one that we found. So I found an article that says that it's 12 things people suffering from anxiety do that other people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny part was rewatching old TV shows was not a part of this. Yeah. But that was, in my opinion, the most fantastic one. Mm -hmm. So number 12. Because we're going to go from the bottom and work our way to the top. Start up from the bottom, now we're here. Lack of sleep. Yeah. See, that's never really affected me too much. It's affected me for years. Yeah. Years, yeah. I noticed that when my anxiety was really, really high, I had really bad insomnia. Like really bad insomnia. Like to the point where I I would only sleep for like... I mean, when it was really bad, I would sleep for like three, four hours a night. Yeah. And the rest of the time, I would just be up in the middle of the night. Just, I would have to, you know, read a book or something just to to try to calm my mind down. So is that kind of like, so number 11 is excessive paranoia. Yep. 
I definitely had that coupled with the insomnia. Yeah. So those two kind of went hand in hand when my anxiety was really, really high. Yeah. But this is also like way back when, when I didn't know that it was anxiety either. True. When I wasn't like treating my anxiety basically. Yeah. And like when I first started dealing with anxiety, that was the thing that kept me up in the middle of the night. Was the paranoia? Oh, well, it was the anxiety in general. Like yeah. the anxiety is what kept me up. Okay. It's what kept me awake and unable to sleep. Mm-hmm. So when I first started dealing with that, that's when I found medical marijuana. Right. I mean, I was prescribed Ativan. I was prescribed a few different things. I hated it. Yeah. It made me too groggy the next day. It made me feel like crap. It turned my stomach. Like there was nothing good about those man-made pills. So I experimented with medical cannabis. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll be honest. It makes me sleep. And that's yeah. the whole idea behind it. It calms my brain down. It it basically gets me out of my own head so I can just chill out, relax. My body can, you know, recuperate and I can get some sleep. Mm-hmm. That's been yeah. the big one for me. Yeah, that's been a huge, huge help. And I mean, honestly, it's been a big help for me too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I use it for, guys. Like, I don't use it during the day. I don't wake up and, and start smoking. I don't have to smoke midday. It's mm-hmm. something that I do when I'm done with my day. I know I don't have to grown up anymore. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about being an adult anymore. Yeah. So you can just kind of like, that's that's what puts you into like full relaxation mode. Yeah. You really. know, it's like when, you know, dad has a hard day at work and he comes home and cracks a beer. Yeah. I'm the same way, except I don't crack a beer. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a really good way of yeah, putting it. It's yeah. how I unwind. Now, mm-hmm. I always make sure that I never drive. I, I'm always responsible about yeah, it. Yeah. You're always very safe about it. I really am. Yeah. I Well, and that's a big part of dealing with a medication. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, it's still a medication that I use. Mm-hmm. I need to use on more or less a daily basis, but I use it in the evening when it doesn't affect people and it doesn't affect, you know, what I have to do. Yeah, exactly. You wait until all of your, you know, like daily tasks, your your adulting is yeah. done. And then yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of like your your beer at the end of the day. Exactly. Basically. And that's exactly what it is for me. And it that's what helps me deal with that you know lack of sleep and mm. the paranoia yeah. mind you medical cannabis is probably the worst thing for paranoia but <laughs> <laughs> also true also yeah. true there's definitely uh definitely a couple things in there that are not going to help with it no no exactly which you know and that is that is where you know it takes a lot of research and figuring out what strains work for what and anyway exactly which i mean you've done all the research i have i've i've got a few years of experience so um number 10 which is i find super interesting Mm -hmm. analyzing every bit of conversation uh hello reading between the fucking lines that is me in a nutshell someone can tell me something and i'm going to pick apart everything that they just said oh yeah 100 percent. every single thing that they just said and i'm probably going to turn it around in my brain and probably going to end up having some sort of anxiety about it nine times out of ten yeah it all depends how the person brings it to you that's true and tone tone is a huge huge factor in that yeah and this is one of the interesting parts because like you obviously you and I working together, mm-hmm. um, I knew that you dealt with anxiety. Yeah. I knew that if I had to critique you in something, mm-hmm. I had to do it the right way. Yeah. You found that out pretty early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also something I've been dealing with for a lot of years. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I basically look at it as, you know, I've got anxiety. How would I want somebody else to critique my work? Mm-hmm. And I just do the way that I would want it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, truthfully, once you started bringing it up in that way, I feel like we had a lot 
less like battles, I guess. I don't really know how else to say it. Like yeah. we we didn't we didn't like knock heads no. as much no. as we did. No. No, I mean we never really did knock heads, which no, is No, we good, never really but... did, but I mean there were still some of those times at work when we would, you know, not to see eye to eye yeah. on a couple things. Now, number nine actually relates to it super good. So number okay. 10 is analyzing every bit of conversation. Mm-hmm. Number nine is other people's concerns are like professional diagnosis. Yes. Yes. I feel that very deeply. Yeah. Because those of us who deal with mental health and we know that we deal with mental health, one of the issues that we always have is, you know, people will bring up concerns to us. They'll talk to us about things and we will tear that apart to the point where we might think we have something new. Yep. Yeah. Been there. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. Mm-hmm. I am very energetic, but when I crash, I crash hard. Yes, you do. I have peaks and valleys, almost to the point of manic. Yeah. 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 And I think you and I have had this conversation probably four or five times. Yeah, we've had it a few times. Where I'm actually concerned. You know, people will talk to me about, you know, them being manic or like, wow, like you're you're such a positive, like you have so much energy. Mm-hmm. And then the days that I don't, I'm just down and they're like, what's wrong with you? You know, that, you know, people say those concerns to me and they bring those points up to me. And I think that that's somebody on the outside looking in like a doctor and everything that they have to say actually can make a difference. Yeah. So for me in a situation like that, that's where I go, oh shit, could I be manic? Right. Oh, I could right. be manic. Right. Yeah, and then it causes you to spiral a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then I actually have a concern. Like, I actually went through, like, four days of me actually being concerned that I was going to be manic. Yep. Yeah, I actually remember that because we were actually watching some YouTube videos and stuff on it, too. Yeah, and I was really Trying to really learn. Yeah, because one person said it. and Mm -hmm. But that's happened to me a few times. That one was probably, like, the biggest one for me, but it's definitely happened to me a few times. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from that one from, like kind of outside looking in is I feel like that affects you so much because anytime that you're around people, you're normally on. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's almost weird for people to see you in like when you're not on, I guess. So they automatically think the absolute worst. Well, I have down days and I'm just really quiet. Yeah. And I'm more secluded and I just do my work and I just don't really want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. That's what those days are like for me. Which, again, really not that bad, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that affects me. So, number eight. Number eight. Okay. Always feeling guilty. Yep. And, like, these are hitting the nail on the head, guys. Like, we're not just, like, relating to this or trying to pull it. These are, like, big points that we 100% know Mm -hmm. that we do. Yeah. So, we actually went through this list a little bit before we started recording, and every single thing on this list is something that I know at least I've been... I've been able to directly relate to. Yeah. So feeling guilty. Yeah. How do you relate to that? Feeling guilty. So basically if, so I'm just going to use this as an example. So if I was, say, say my family wanted me to go and make the drive to go visit them. Yeah. If I had something going on and I wasn't able to come and visit them, I would feel so, so guilty that I put my own tasks above going to see my family. Yes. Yeah. So like that's one of the major ones that affects me is anytime because like it's 
Sherwood Park to Spruce Grove is like a 45 hour. minute, 45 to an hour drive to go see my family, which it can be, it can be a lot. It can be a lot. So anytime that they, you know, ask me to go make the drive out there, if I'm not able to, I automatically feel guilty because why would I not want to spend time with my family? You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that's the biggest one that affects me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, for me, I'll be honest, like feeling guilty is something that I always deal with. Mm -hmm. I mean, guilt, survivor's guilt is a big thing that I deal with on a daily basis. So that's kind of been its own struggle. Mm -hmm. And survivor's guilt sucks. Yeah. Because it just does. (laughs) So anyway, number seven. Seven. Self-consciousness. Yeah. So this is what they say when it comes to self-consciousness. And I'm just going to try to make sure I read this properly into the microphone. Um, they always feel like, uh, so this doesn't have to be, social anxiety does not come from stage fright or public speaking, but it goes all the way to just having one-on-one conversation with somebody. In these situations, people suffering from anxiety will tend to believe and feel like all eyes are on them, watching their every move. Mm -hmm. So they often experience symptoms like blushing, trembling, mumbling, uh, stuttering, and out of Oh, yeah. Amongst others. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because I definitely feel every single one of those. Yeah, guys, when you're dealing with anxiousness, you always think. You always think you're being judged by the other people. Exactly. You're always being judged. People are always viewing you in a weird way. You really got to fight it. And Mm -hmm. it's really tough because you're your own worst critic. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that is something that I've been, you know, trying to talk a little bit more openly about is I am my own worst critic. Yeah. And then, the okay, so number six, always comparing and evaluating. <laughs> like these yeah. ones almost like you, you could break this list down to like six things. You could almost mm-hmm. like cut these in half because I feel like they relate to each other so much. A lot much. of them really do. Yeah. Yeah. Comparing and evaluating. You're always going to compare yourself to somebody. You're going to compare yourself to your coworkers, your mm-hmm. friends, that person that's sitting beside you at the red light. Yep. I mean, really, we did like an entire episode based around just comparisons. Yep. So, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. So number five, scared of the future. I am terrified of the future. Terrified. I'm excited for the future, but the future is also super scary at this point because obviously... There's so many unknown factors. Well, the the hardest part for me is I've obviously been struggling really hard on the job market, financially, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time looking towards the future when I have nothing to look forward to. Right. So right. the future, I tend to, I love to go to the future. I, I'm always that person that's like, I want to envision, you know, 10 years goals, yeah. 20 years goal, yeah. 30 year goals. So these are things that I always love to do and look at where I'm going to get. But the problem is, is things have been so hard for so long. I can't even do that anymore. Yeah. Like I have no good news coming to me. I mean, things are changing for Kelly. Let me make that very clear. Kelly is an all-star right now, and she's getting job offers like you wouldn't believe, which is great for her. She's only just been looking. But unfortunately for me, I have not. Mm -hmm. And this is making it very tough for me to look into the future. Why? And this is why I've been just searching for like one little bit of good news so that I can start picturing the future a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Because truth be told, that's a reason, you know, being scared of the future is, they're right. It relates to my anxiety. Yeah. So to be able to look forward to something would probably help me fight that. Probably. Yeah. I mean, so I 
I guess we really just need to try to find something for you to be able to look forward to. Yeah. 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 See, and I think that would be beneficial. Yeah. It would definitely make a big difference. Okay. Number four. Yeah. Mistakes are hugely magnified. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like we already said, like, well, I mean, like I already said, I'm my own biggest critic. So if I make a mistake, it is the end of the goddamn world in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially if someone critiques me on that mistake. Yeah. That is, I feel like complete shit afterwards, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. Like, I feel terrible afterwards. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that's and that's really tough. Like, we're already our own huge, our own worst critics. Yeah. And when you have anxiety and you make a mistake, mm-hmm. it gets so much. It's the end of the world. It just amplifies everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you're anxious and let's say you were out driving around and you scratched my truck, it would be the end of the fucking world. Oh my god, I I would straight up start crying yeah. right away. Like, and it I'd would go, be instant. It's a scratch. It's not a big deal. Yeah, but in my eyes, it's, oh, my God, I scratched your truck. He's going to be pissed. Exactly. His truck is his baby. Like, this is the end. Yeah, literally, it's the end of the world in my eyes. Yep. So number three, though, mental exhaustion. Yes. Now, this hit me this week, actually. This was huge. So, guys, I've been going pretty hard, even on vacation. Like, we've been... We've been pretty nonstop between the podcast, the Mental Wealth Project, and, like, just general life and work. We have yet to just stop. Yeah, we don't really take a whole lot of time to slow down. No, like you especially. Yeah, I'm I'm really bad for it. I have a hard time sitting and doing nothing, Mm -hmm. which is why I use medical marijuana. But that's neither here nor there because it's just it hit me so hard. Now, a lot of people might see this and or hear what I'm about to say and go, you're absolutely insane. But so obviously I'm working I'm waking I have to be at work at 6 30 I'm up before 5 a.m every day mm-hmm. I drive to work I do my work I get home I get home at a decent time like I'm home between 3 30 and 4 which is yeah, fantastic which is great yeah but then I go right into the project right into the our podcast stuff like I'm on the computer doing stuff and I realize that I've been going too hard so yeah Tuesday uh, I ended up waking up with a migraine, which never happens. Like I can, I can probably count on one hand how many times I've woken up with a headache. Mm-hmm. So I woke up, I didn't feel good. I took some Tylenol, started my day like I would every other day, drove to work, started work, worked for an hour and it didn't go away. And I realized I'm like, okay, so it's been two hours since I've been up with this headache. Mm-hmm. And it's not going anywhere. I can't run equipment because I'm in just in like a fog. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's going to be a huge safety concern. Yeah. Nobody really wants me running something that can, you know, lift heavy things and do it in a fog. So yeah. I worked for an hour and then I went home. And I realized that, holy shit, my body is just giving out on me. Yeah. It's time to take a break. It's time to slow down a little bit. Listen to your body. Yeah. Because I got home at what? Like before eight o'clock and I slept till noon. Yeah. After a decent night's sleep, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't like I was lacking sleep. Like, I think I still got six and a half, seven hours the night before. But it's just your body was so tired that it just didn't know what else to do. Yeah, it's kind of like that whole burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just basically, can't. you were starting to go into burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And I am getting very... I'm still not out of it. I still need to find a way for me to re... 
Mind you, hunting season's coming. Yeah. Hunting season is my reset. Yes, it really is. Because I'm out there, phone's off. I'm just out there with me and my gun and waiting for some animals to come in. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's your time to slow down. It really is. It really is. So I'm really excited for that coming up. Mm. Um, Goose hunting season starts September 1st. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go on to the next one, because I know you're starting to look, I want to touch on mental exhaustion too, because I have definitely felt that for a really, really long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you said that when you woke up this woke up with this migraine that you had never really had that before, right? I could count it on one hand how many times I've woken up with a migraine. Okay, so there was a point in my life where I was make, waking up with a migraine or I was waking up just in a fog or with a headache or just feeling ill for like weeks, months. Like it was happening consistently all of the time. You just wake up with a migraine. Yeah. So it's just like a 24-7 migraine. Did it ever go away? Um, it did. It did go away. Um, we did find that like a, not a huge part of it, but like a decent part of it was, you know, the birth control that I was on. But I mean, that's here nor there. But a big part of it was the fact that I was just so anxious all the time. I had so much negativity in my life that it was impacting every single part of me and mental exhaustion was a huge factor in it Uh, huge factor yeah yeah. like it got to the point where i was calling in sick for work because i i could not leave my bed i couldn't barely even open up my eyes yeah so like that that was consistent for a really 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 long time now here's the thing mental exhaustion you're already there you're exhausted Mm -hmm. now you got to call in and sick then add in that level of guilt. No, guilt plus being scared of the future because what happens if you lose your job because you called in sick the one time? Exactly. Obsessing over details. So I'm Self-consciousness. Gonna... Yep. All of these things, guys, this is what people with anxiety feel on a daily basis. Yeah. And everything just compounds. Yes. It compounds. It's not like we only feel one of these 12 things in a day. No, it's like you can feel... All 12. All 12. You can feel all 12 in, not even just in a day, you can feel all 12 of them in an instant. Yep. 100%. Now, number two, obsessing about the tiniest detail. Yep. So this is where it comes down to. You you worry about the smallest things. You think about, oh man, I called in sick today. This is the first time I've ever called in sick. So even on Tuesday, mm-hmm. it was literally the first day I ever called in sick. And I still went to work. To make sure that the company was going to be okay without me. And they were. It wasn't the end of the world. But I stressed out like, wait, now that I'm calling in sick, what if they bring somebody else in? What if they decide that I'm not the right fit now and they bring somebody else in and they replace me? These, the tiniest details. Yep. And all I did was needed one personal day. Yep. That's, That's all you needed. You just needed one one single day just to try to take care of yourself a little bit more. Yep. And it it ate you alive. It did. Seriously, you were still struggling quite hard that day. I woke up at noon and I called them and I made sure that they were okay. I made sure everything was okay. We ran through scenario like I could not relax. Yeah. I could not relax because I was obsessed about it. Yeah. Right? Thanks, anxiety. Now, number one. Okay. I'm number ready. one is probably the biggest one. Avoiding social events. Yes. That is huge, guys. So if you have that friend who tends to cancel things at the last minute. Yep. So has great, great, you know, great ideas, wants to do this this big thing, so excited about it. If you plan something like a month ahead with somebody with anxiety, you know what that means? They have a month 
to create a whole lot of problems. Yep. They have a month to get anxious about every single little detail. Every little fucking detail. Yeah. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Seriously. And super annoying. It's very annoying. I mean, there is a way to get around it. You have to make sure that you help that person through it. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get your friend out, right? And I am the worst for this. Like, especially when it comes to like large groups and stuff like that. Yeah. I have canceled things just because of anxiety. Yeah, me too. And it's been very tough. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not, like I say, it's not just the one thing. It's everything stacked together that just creates this huge Molotov cocktail of fucking emotion. Yeah. Emotional whirlwinds. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I mean... When I was going through my really bad anxiety, really bad depression, I was skipping all sorts of social events. Yeah. Like, it got to the point where I didn't even want to go see my family. Yep. And I mean, a lot of a lot of that was because I was going through a lot in my personal life and I didn't want, I didn't want them to start asking questions because I wasn't ready to talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. But that just compounded all of the anxiety because especially if... If I don't go, then also I'm going to feel guilty and, yeah. you know, all of these other emotions are going to compound. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you don't want to be that person that causes drama. Exactly. And I don't want to be that person that feels like, like, I don't ever want to feel like I'm letting someone down. Yeah. But when it comes to anxiety, a lot of the time, if we don't show up for these events, we feel like we're letting people down. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's part of the struggle. Exactly. It's part of why we deal with these things. So those are 12 reasons or 12 things that people with anxiety deal with. Mm -hmm. And we deal with every single one of them. Yeah. And they're not all, sometimes they're not all at once. Sometimes they are all at once. It is insane. Seriously. Seriously. Guys, if you have never felt anxiety that way, do do some research because it is insane. Or you know what? Talk to someone who deals with it because... Getting a better understanding of it is only going to help. It's it's only going to help that person, right? I mean, to a point, it's also hard to bring up the fact that somebody might not know they have anxiety and for mm-hmm. you to bring it up to them is only going to cause more problems at the same time. So it all depends on how you bring it up. Yes. Like to say- That's very true. To call somebody an anxious person isn't a problem. But to look at somebody and say, I think you have anxiety is very- very hard well and i mean we've talked about this before too yeah like you know the the proper way or what we thought was going to be the proper how to way tell to... Stephen or stephanie how they deal with you know that exactly. they might have something exactly i think anxiety is probably the easier one because it's i mean i think pretty much everybody on the face of the earth deals with some sort of anxiety yeah and i mean it's it's nerves yeah to a point to a point, it's nerves. And you're probably right. Everybody's going to feel anxiety some point in their life. But when it comes to a point where it's actually disrupting your regular life, mm-hmm. that's when it's becoming a problem. And we deal with that. Yeah. We deal with that on almost a daily basis. Yeah. Which is horrible. And I mean, honestly, the amount of times like, so so when I first moved in with Kat, I was moving to Sherwood Park. It's a place I have never lived before. So the fact that I didn't know where even like what way to turn out of the subdivision. Yeah. Or like I literally had to pull up Google Maps to go places like that was that made me so anxious because I was out of my comfort zone. I was away from my family. Like, I mean, I'm only, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away from my family, but like that's still the furthest away that I've been from them. Yeah. 
So obviously I'm going to feel anxious, mm-hmm. you know? That's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough. You have all of those small little things to tear apart and you exactly. do. Exactly. And you do. Yeah, I yeah. really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and it's and all of these things can be a huge struggle and we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is one of those ones that, yes, we can we call it the vanilla ice cream, but it's a son of a bitch. It really, really is, especially when you can couple it with other things, too, because, I mean, we all know anxiety and depression can go hand in hand quite well. And obviously, just from that list, you can tell that there's a lot of relation between anxiety and OCD. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of... A, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, relation. There's yeah. a lot of relation between the two of them. Yeah, that word, right? I feel like there's a better word. Correlation between the two. Correlation. Correlation. I don't know. Words are tough. Yeah, words are tough this morning. Words are tough. It is like 9 a.m., so. Yeah. Yeah, we've been up for a bit. We watched a little TV, some new TV, not some old TV. Yeah, guys, we actually watched some some new shows today. Yeah, we took a little bit of time. So this weekend, because we've been so busy, this weekend... We did something for us and our mental health. Yes. And we, so I ended up having to work a little bit more. We only, I only got two days off this week because of my sick day. Yeah. Um, but yesterday we did 25 jars of pickles. Yep, we sure did. Mm-hmm. First pickling day of the season. And we love it. We yeah. absolutely love it. It's something that we can close ourselves in. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about anybody else. And yeah. we keep busy, but it's. Keeping busy at something that we really love to do and something that we actually enjoy eating. Exactly. Which I think is the biggest one. Well, and I mean, to add on to that, we also get that quality time together too, which is a huge aspect in our life. Oh, absolutely. We need to have that quality time together. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like yesterday was probably one of the most fun days we've had together in a while. Yeah. And we did work. Yeah, exactly. Like we literally worked all day. We made pickles. That's all we did. But like... It was fun. Yep. We had the TV on the background. I forget what we were watching. Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I think we were watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, Big Brother. Oh, we were getting caught up on Big Brother. Which has actually been a very good show. It has. You know what? I heard that this season was crap, and I beg to differ. Yeah. This season has been phenomenal. Seriously, it's been great. Yeah, so we binge-watched the crap out of Big Brother. We, uh... We tend to be watching Netflix and like these streaming services a lot more than regular cable. So we're going to cancel yeah. our regular cable. But before we do that, we wanted to get caught up on everything. Yeah, we wanted to get caught up on, you know, all of the TV that we have recorded that we don't watch. Exactly. <laughs> so we go for, yeah. I mean, obviously, we like a little reality TV. We like a little bit of drama because we're pretty quiet people. Yeah. And then this morning, we started watching Getting Caught Back Up on World of Dance. Yeah. So we also like to get, you know, a little emotion in there, too. See, and a lot of people don't understand. So when you watch World of Dance and you see people connect to the music. Oh, it gets me in the feels. Right? Holy hell. I was not anticipating liking that show nearly as much as I do. It's so good. Seriously. And like, I mean, the... Derek. I mean, come on. It's true. It's true. I'll yeah. watch it just for Derek. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't anticipate getting nearly as emotional as I do in that show because like I connect with music. Yep. Very, like, I connect with music really deeply. So watching people also connect with music deeply deeply, and then just, like, you know, moving their bodies and stuff towards it, too, is just, like, it gets me so much deeper than I thought it was oh, going yeah. to. Yeah, it's it's quite surprising how good it is. It's one of those shows that you don't realize. It's kind of like uh, America's Got Talent, right? Yeah. It's not that great of a show, but... But it gets you in the feels. People's stories. Seriously. And, I mean, there's so much emotion connection 
connected with dance. And like, yeah. I'm not a dancer. I'm like the furthest thing from a dancer. Uh, hello, same with me. Uh, you were a cheerleader. You can shut your mouth. Yeah, but I'm still not very... I'm I'm still pretty clumsy. Did I you, still run into things were you a club all rat? the time. A little bit. Yeah, and what did you do with the clubs? Shut up. What did you do with the clubs? <laughs> I got my dance on. Oh, snap. But I never said I was good at it. I, I do enjoy doing it. Well, what does that matter? Who says but you have to be good? I, I'm not expecting you to go uh, hello, sign up for called, the show. It's called World of Dance. Yeah, they're the best in the world. We're just there to watch them. I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like 20 acts a year. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, let's not get penisy here, kid. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. Yeah. We're not looking for top-notch dancers here. I'm just saying you're still better than I am, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I know you I- are. I've seen some of your dance moves around the house. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, <laughs> you should know. You should know 100% that you are far better than me. Yeah, we'll see. What do you mean? We'll see. We've seen it. This is bullshit. She's literally just like spinning circles right now. She doesn't know what to do. So let's move on. Okay. So anyway. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) We had a very chill weekend. It was fantastic. These shows are great. If you haven't watched them, you should watch them. You should probably check it out. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So anxiety, guys, it sucks. There's no good way to deal with it. And we're going to do more episodes on this. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like our first dive into actual like mental health subjects and how it affects us. Yeah. Now, when it comes to anxiety and us as a couple, I I will say it's really easy. We both deal with anxiety. We both know how we should react to our own anxiety. Yeah. And we can relate that to each other. Mm -hmm. So honestly, guys, anxiety for us as a couple is not a big struggle. No, it it's not one that we've really had a whole lot of difficulty with. No, because we both understand it quite well. And you know what? You guys might not. If you guys have questions about anxiety or anything like that, let us know. Hit us up. Yep. We do the Ask Us Anything. I think mm-hmm. we do it, what, once a week? Yeah, we've been trying to do it once a week. I definitely missed a week on the I gram. think we're going to do every two bad, weeks. Guys, sorry about I think we're going to do Ask Us Anything every two weeks from this point forward. Because I think like there's too many t- opportunity. Maybe. Yeah. I kind of want people to like save up their questions a little bit more. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll more. figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But anyway, yeah. guys, obviously we got to get into our segments. 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 Okay. So I'm going to kick us off. Do it. I'm going to kick us off with a why I love you. Okay. Yep. Um, Because on Friday, it was Friday. Thursday. No. What day? What year It was is Thursday. Thursday? No. Yeah. I don't think you're thinking of the same thing that I am. Okay, maybe not. So anyways, there was one day this weekend where Kat actually called me on my overthinking. Oh. I am a textbook overthinker. I know that I do it all of the time, but I also don't know how to break myself out of it. And the fact that you just said, babe, you overthink so much, you need to be more impulsive. Go with your... Go with your gut feeling, your your gut instinct, that first thing that when I ask you a question, that first thing that comes to mind, act on it. And honestly, that made a huge, like, I think that made a bigger impact on me than you realize. Oh. Because no one has ever actually called me on that shit, ever. It's less calling you on it. And I would think it was more to do with, like, just realizing that you don't have to overthink things you're missing out on opportunities because you're sitting there and thinking about all the negative that could happen from Mm -hmm. it where it's the two of us if you're going to be impulsive and make a mistake do it when it's just the two of us yeah there's no judgment here exactly but 
And I, I know that. And deep down, I think I've always known that. But the fact that you actually voiced that to me out loud and, said, was, yeah. and actually said, you need to be more impulsive. You overthink too much. That was huge. Yep. That was huge. So that's why I love you. Oh, damn. Okay. So my why I love you is all about this week. So obviously, I've said on this podcast, I've been struggling with work since January of 2020. Yeah. I haven't been able to find work. I haven't been able to get back into my career or make decent money. I've been kind of struggling a lot. Um, Kelly has, however, started looking in the job market and has gotten, in her first two weeks of applying for jobs, got uh, two interviews and a job offer. Yeah. And the reason why I love you is you were hesitant on even bringing this stuff up to me because you know that I've been struggling so hard. Yeah. And it sucks that you had to, but I love the fact that you did. That you understood like my emotional state and where mm-hmm. I was at and knowing that this might not be the thing that I need to hear. Exactly. Like as excited as I was, you know, obviously for myself because it's a pretty big accomplishment Huge in my accomplishment. eyes, but like at the same time I know like I I see you struggle every single day and I don't want to I never want to do anything that's going to you know, add to that struggle. So of course, when I get these emails or these calls or whatever, I'm automatically hesitant to tell you anything because yeah, I'm excited. But at the same time, like I, I don't want to upset you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. And it's, and the biggest thing is I never want to keep you from being able to say all your good things. Cause that's, that's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I did, guys, and I actually thought this was going to be the why I love you. I was having a really hard time with Kelly and getting all these job offers and these interviews when I have yet to get a phone call in the last like nine months. Yeah. Um, so I realized that I was being a grouch. I was a being, a, I was not as happy for you as I should have been. So I made sure Thursday night, which is why I thought you were going for it, ah. I made it a special night for you because yeah, you, did. you did all this. You got these interviews. Thursday, you finished both of your interviews and you got a job offer yeah. all on Thursday. Yeah. Thursday was a very eventful day. It was a big day for you. So yeah. I made sure it was special. I did all the things that you wanted and I made them special for you. And I made that like a special little date night for us because yeah. you deserved it. And I think I'm pretty sure I said it word for word that... I know that I've been having a hard time with you and all your success. So I want to make sure that you know how much I love and appreciate you and how much you deserve this. Yeah. So tonight is for you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there were, there's been a lot of things that have happened over the last week or just like a lot of conversations that we've had over the last week. Like I, I could probably ramble off, you know, freaking five why I love yous because. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just been a really good weekend, I guess. Yeah, for you, it's been a fantastic week. I've been kind of been handed a shitty stick, the shitty end of the stick every day so far. So it's been well, very interesting for me. Well, that's why I said this weekend, yeah. not week. Yeah, this week's been a tough one for me, guys, but I'm yeah. keeping my head high. Mm-hmm. I really am. You are. I really am. And Kelly's been having a lot of success, and I am living off her success right now. Yeah. I'm leeching off of it. <laughs> I'm like a succubus, just... <laughs> I should see his face right now. <laughs> I'm just enjoying all of your good luck and hoping that I can just like suckle off a little bit. Yeah. That's it's all coming. I want. I know, I know right? It's coming. So those are our segments, guys. 
Yep. This is anxiety. I think the next one we might hit up is depression. Yep. And we want to start hitting these ones. And one of the harder ones that we are going to have to hit is PTSD. Yes. We're definitely going to have to go into that. And it's going to be, uh, I mean, obviously this is, that'll be more of my episode because this is what I suffer with. Yeah. And you do not. So yeah. it will be very interesting. We got a lot, a lot of really cool conversations coming your way, guys. Yep. So um, stay tuned. We're, we're going to try to keep it just ourselves for right now for a little bit. Yep. Um, get, we will get some more guests coming on, oh, but yeah. we've got a lot of things that we want to unpack, just us. I mean, we want to do a little bit of therapy. Yeah. We want to have people tear apart our relationship. Yeah. We want, you know what I mean? Like, we've got some real interesting ideas and some concept, guys. We love that you guys love listening to us, first off. Yeah, Thanks, seriously. Mom. Yeah. Thanks, parents. Yeah. <laughs> parents. <laughs> just my mom. Well, and all of my majas listening oh, to you. Oh, all your majas. All yeah. my majas. Yeah, to all the majas yeah. out there. Shout Thank out you. to all the majas. All the majas. <laughs> so if you got any questions, guys, or you hit got any up. subjects that you want us to hit up, we're open to new concepts here. If you guys have like a great idea or just even one subject of mental health that you want us to cover. Yeah, if you have just, yeah, one little aspect of mental health that you have questions on that you want us to unpack let us know yeah seriously i'm not kidding like you could just be the most random fan uh doesn't matter and you could send us an email that says i'd like to see an episode on this chances are we're gonna do that episode exactly we want to we want to cater this to what you guys want yeah right providing that we can we have a leg to stand on when it comes to that true subject. true yeah we do have to be smart about it yes uh, we're, we're gonna not, do our best yeah like i'm not gonna go take on an episode of schizophrenia without somebody who knows stuff about schizophrenia exactly yeah but i mean thankfully we we have a lot of people surrounding us that we can reach out to Absolutely. on a lot of different topics. So, so don't ever hesitate because we do have a lot of friends that we can pull from. So exactly. it might be a guest episode. It might be a solo episode. It could be both of us episode. We don't know. Yep. Who knows? But ask the questions. And where do you ask them? Well, let me answer that for you. <laughs> how the number two podcast. Uh, how to love me. Wow. Podcast. I screwed that up. I'm done. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, so it's at How to Love Me Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, and at gmail.com. Oh, thank God she was able to do that for me. I got you, honey. Well, I mean, I did it the last 10 episodes. Give me a break. <laughs> well, Give okay, me a break. Okay, the one time that I started the episode, though, it completely threw you off. So we have to keep our things in. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. We're always there to pick each other up. That's and true. that's why we love each other. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions when it comes to anxiety or anything like that, please hit us up. Email Remember, us. Remember, we're not DM. professionals. We're definitely not professionals. Definitely not professionals. We just like to talk about mental health. Yeah. And like everything that we say, guys, take it with a little grain of salt. Exactly. We're just talking about our own experiences. Yeah. And what works for us. Yeah. So with that, guys, we want to say thank you once again for listening. We love all of you. We absolutely love all of you. Mm -hmm. And bye. bye.